brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Indie Film Hustle podcast, episode number 158. I try to push ideas away, and the ones that will not leave me alone are the ones that ultimately end up happening. J.J. Abrams. Broadcasting from the back alley in Hollywood, it's the Indie Film Hustle podcast, where we show you how to survive and thrive as an indie filmmaker in the jungles of the film biz. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, my indie film hustlers, to another episode of the Indie Film Hustle podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Now, today's show is sponsored by Videoblocks. Now, if you guys are looking for stock footage, After Effects templates, motion graphics, Videoblocks is the site, man. I've been using them for years now. I use some clips of theirs in my movie, This Is Meg, for some stock footage. And this month alone, they're launching a new crazy collection of hundreds of new Unreal clips, including space, virtual reality, deep water, fantasy, and sci-fi footage. All of that comes free with your subscription, and it is a limited time. And you also get free 4K clips with your membership at no cost. And Videoblocks is now giving you seven days of free downloads. Download a ton of stuff for free. Check it out. See what's going on with it. And remember, whatever you download during those seven days is yours for free, royalty-free forever. So definitely give them a shot. So head over to videoblocks.com forward slash Indie, I-N-D-I-E. That's videoblocks.com forward slash Indie. Today's show is also sponsored by Digital Box Office. Now, Digital Box Office is a global provider of streaming movies, television, and all sorts of original content. DBO provides a dramatic new opportunity for indie filmmakers to gain previously unavailable global exposure and valuable analytics. Now, the service is going to be a data mine for Hollywood and for indie filmmakers as digital box office users are required to vote on the content that they watch on the platform via DBO's proprietary single one-click voting model. Now, you can submit your film today at upload.digitalboxoffice.tv and you can browse their current selection at www.digitalboxoffice.tv. You can also download the app for ISO or Android at the Google Play and Apple App Store. So guys, after doing uh, and and working on uh, probably over 50 or 60 feature films now, 
plus multiple television shows and other things like that I've done in my career, I've noticed one thing that we all as filmmakers want to be is creative and not have to worry about that other part of the business, which is the business (laughs) of actually making films. Unless you're making small experimental films that you're not going to show anybody or not try to sell, um, then this, this is not a podcast for you. But if you're trying to be a filmmaker who actually is able to sell their movie in a marketplace, the one area that a lot of filmmakers always forget about is legal. The legal aspects of filmmaking, of making sure you have the proper contracts, making sure you have the proper coverage, the proper insurance, making sure, can you use that logo in the movie? Can you drink a a can of Coke in the movie without Coke's permission? Can you go to Disney World and shoot an entire movie on the Disney World property showing all sorts of logos and, and characters and trademarks and release that movie and not get sued by Disney? These are questions that always come up. I've been asked a million times, what can I use? What's with the logo, like logos on a, in a movie? Can you use logos? Can you not use logos? Do you need to Greek them out? And what what is Greeking out a logo? Um, things like that. Uh, what kind of contracts do you need your actors, your crew, uh, your producers to sign to even be able to sell your movie uh, at all? Well, today's guest hopefully will be able to answer all of those questions. Today's guest is Walter Bat. He is an entertainment attorney here in Los Angeles. And Walter and I have done some business together and I, you know, we've talked a bunch and I invited him on the show. I'm like, hey, Walter, can you just come on the show and answer basically every legal question I want to ask you about the filmmaking process and see if we can help some of the tribe members because I feel that the, you know filmmakers just constantly forget about this aspect of the filmmaking process and it is a filmmaking process part of the process it is not sexy it is not something i want to think about uh but that's why you hire people like walter to think about it for you um but if you don't there are other options there's legal uh resources which we'll talk about but at the end of the day you should always try to consult an attorney before making a movie, especially if you're going to make a movie with any sort of substantial budget, and especially if you're going to make a movie that you're going to try to sell. Just like I say all the time, if you're going to go into a, to make a movie, it's probably a wise idea to get a consultant in regards to post-production, in regards to the whole workflow. Why not spend a little bit of money, ask the questions, and it could save you thousands of dollars going down the line. Same thing goes for an attorney. If you pay an attorney one or two hours of their time just to ask a bunch of questions, it is well worth the money to do so. But in this episode, I really beat Walter up a lot. And uh, and every question I've ever been asked or I wanted to know about uh, the legal aspects of filmmaking, I asked Walter. And he was so amazingly generous with his time and his knowledge. So without any further ado... Please enjoy my conversation with Walter Bat. I'd like to welcome to the show Walter Batman. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. My pleasure. You are entertainment attorney extraordinaire, and uh, and we've done some uh, some work together. So I really appreciate uh, everything you do, and thank you for taking the time out to come in and answer all of our foolish questions. <laughs> it's my pleasure to be here, Alex. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I appreciate it. All right, so I'm going to ask a ton of questions that filmmakers like myself and other filmmakers always want to know. So basic, I'll start you off with what is the most, can you discuss the most common legal mistake you see filmmakers make when they make a feature film? 
Absolutely. And, and let me just say as an intro here, mm-hmm. uh, this, the, our interview here today is, is not meant to be legal advice to anyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's important that if there are questions or a project or things that a filmmaker needs advice on, that they retain an attorney to get thorough advice. And, uh, and I can't do that here uh, as we speak because I don't know the details. So this is really meant to be informative. Hey, yes, we have to cover our butts. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you do very well, sir. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think Alex, what I see really, it's a quite a, a simple mistake is penny wise and pound foolish and filmmakers will, uh, proceed on production and legal on a project without an attorney. Yep. Uh, they oftentimes will go online and look at, uh, uh, websites where they have uh, uh, boilerplate documents and things. And, you know, sometimes it can work out. But I think the biggest mistake I see is that uh, an attorney is not consulted, at least on one general consult. So there's a framework laid down for the filmmaker so they don't end up with a film that, uh, that can't be delivered properly. Right. And, that's, and, and, and I've seen that happen many times where they don't have their legal P's and Q's order and movies just can't get delivered. They, they have a distribution deal on the table and the distributor's like, without that paperwork, I can't take the risk. Yes. You know, I had um, a situation one time where a filmmaker came to me. The film was in the can. <clears throat> all the contracts were done. All the main contracts were done. They got a deal. Mm-hmm. And they were missing the uh, one document, which is has various names, but it's called the results of proceeds, basically. And that is that each person's contribution to the film uh, is a, a work for hire and that the, the company uh, producing the film owns all of it and has the rights to uh, assign those rights. Mm-hmm. And that document was missing for everyone, that not just the actors, but the above line uh, people and the film could not be delivered. So they came to me and said, can you fix this? <laughs> and I did. Okay. That's what I do. I'm a fixer. But, you know, it was infinitely harder, Alex, mm-hmm. to do that by tracking everyone down. and One of the actors hiking in the Himalayas <laughs> and, you know, got a you know, helicopter in with uh, one of these documents to be signed. No. That part of it. Okay, no, I was going to say but, no on an indie budget. <laughs> but you know what? It, it almost felt like it. Thank God I found the one fax machine in the Himalayas. Right. But, you know, that that was so much harder than it had to be if it had just been signed from the get-go. And if you'd had some advice up front, you would have known you needed the document. Very interesting. But how about if you have all the actors sign, you know, uh, paperwork stating that, that this is a work for hire and they're getting paid X dollars and and so on? All the contracts said that, but what they want is, is this, there's a one specific document that many distributors want. That is a, a, a basic standard document for each party. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. 
Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the show. That grants all the rights to everything they've done creatively, uh, mm-hmm. any sort of edits, any sort of uh, ad libbing, uh, anything, sure, anything whatsoever, so that you can an actor can't come back and say, "I only released my image, name, and likeness, but I wrote uh, uh, one page of dialogue for myself, and that I own it, and no one got that release." Mm. And people don't think about it because sometimes people step out of their shoes and an actor becomes, uh, you know, pitches something and the, and the, the writers say, oh, great. Yeah, let's put that in. And then the actor gets upset and then causes a problem. Gotcha. Okay. Um, now, can you discuss the truth behind using logos in indie films? Uh, that's something that's always perplexed me because you see movies like Clerks that was in a, in a convenience store or any kind of video store in a movie or something like that, that obviously they don't have the, the rights to all of those things, especially in an indie world. Um, what's, the, what's the rules behind that? Well, it, it's, um, it's actually quite simple. I mean, in terms of focus and what is considered uh, a featured and what is anecdotal in terms of background. Mm-hmm. So if you walk into a convenience store and you're during, doing a pan of an actor and you're, as you're panning, you're running by, you know, Pampers, sure. uh, uh, Tide, whatever, sure. Tide, green, green beans, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, all of a sudden you see all these things. There, the, as the camera's moving, there's no real focus on any of those brands, those labels or logos. Mm-hmm. So generally speaking, you should be good in that circumstance. Most often, especially uh, when you look at a script and you're vetting it to see the shots, to see what might occur, what issues there might be, uh, you want to you want to know that detail. So, for example, if you're going to stop on a two shot 
And behind them, right between the two of them, is a big box of Tide, mm-hmm. he said. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not want to do that because then it could be seen as a, a, an advertisement for Tide. Mm-hmm. Now, would Tide care about that, if, depending on the, con- on the content of the scene? Right. It depends on what the two people are talking about. I mean, if, you know, if, if it's a serious scene and some touchy subject and it's framed between a box of Tide, mm-hmm. might not like that. If it's a conversation where they're talking about the best way to wash clothes mm-hmm. and what kind of detergent they're going to put in the washer, they might be happy with that. Right. But you don't want to take that, that risk. So basically, if you're going to feature a logo – then you need to get rights to CYA. Now I heard, like I, I, I just worked on a show uh, that was, you know, it's a big show on Lionsgate, and they, um, they were. I heard overheard the pr- the producers talking in the in the edit room where I'm like, hey, you know, do you guys have the right for that Coca Cola cup that the guy is drinking? Just curious. He's like, no, you don't really need the rights to that because it's being used as it's intended. So if you know, unless someone's choking on the coke, or they're saying something negative about it, or or doing something else that it's not supposed to be in the, the intended way, then that's where there's a problem. I was like, and it, it obviously has gotten it went through because it didn't have the rights to it. Um, so is that true to a certain extent? Uh, well, no, that's okay. not true. I mean, just because you're using a product the way it's intended mm-hmm. uh, just lessens the risk that the owner of the intellectual property is not going to give you a hard time. So, you know, and of course uh, a product or a company can be defamed just like a person can. Mm -hmm. So you, you run a risk depending on the content of the scene that you're associating the logo and the company with a subject matter they don't want to be associated with. Are you familiar with the John Deere case with Disney? Uh, yes. The one that they, the, 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 the story that I heard, and this is what I, cause I actually started digging into it with the producers and they said, well, when John Deere, um, the, obviously they do, uh, uh you know, earth movings and uh, tractors yes. and all that kind of stuff. Um, in a, in a straight to video sequel called jungle to jungle, a Tim Allen movie back in the nineties, uh, they used, uh, John Deere gear to rip down the rainforest and John Deere sued Disney. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the court basically said, "No, D- Disney, you, you're you're basically using your your equipment as is intended to be. Uh, you 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 made a tractor. Tractors do this, so there's no there's no harm, there's no foul, and they won. Um, to my knowledge, I'm not sure. I, I, again, this is all secondhand, so I'm not sure. It's, what do you think of that? Just out of curiosity. Well, you know, uh, I don't know what." the holding actually said in that case, but Mm -hmm. I can tell you that it depends on what, what the actual complaint was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously if you're using a piece of John Deere equipment with their intellectual property, Mm -hmm. they control that Mm -hmm. and they control absolutely who can use it and where it goes and for what purpose. That's the the essence of intellectual property is this, you own it. Mm -hmm. So it would be analogous to someone uh, coming in your home and using it to sleep in, mm-hmm. yes, that's its intended purpose, but they don't own the home. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you can't say, well, very well, okay, so they were sleeping there, then there's not a problem. There is a problem because 
in this case, John Deere has the right to say yes or no anytime their their logo, their green and yellow is used. Mm-hmm. And so in that circumstance, uh, they should be able to stop them. I don't know what the particulars were in that case, but mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm interested. I think it's it's kind of surprising to me that the Supreme Court would say, well, someone can use intellectual property without permission. Right, as long as it's used in the intended way. Again, and and I, again, I'm not the guy. I'm not illegal. I just heard this secondhand, so I have to do the research on it myself. So basically, in general, as a general statement, when doing an indie film, unless you have the rights for the movie for the product, unless it's something you cannot control, like working, like doing a scene in a supermarket or doing a scene in a convenience store or a video store, if they even know what those are anymore, but uh, <laughs> or something Correct. like that, um, or like which, which leads me to my next question: How about if you're on the on the uh, South Beach uh, Strip. You're on Ocean Drive, and that, uh-huh. and you have all those hotels, and you're doing a scene, and the hotels are in the background, and their logos are in the background. You're doing a scene on the beach. Do you need rights from all of those hotels? No, as long as you're just if the, if it's a moving shot mm-hmm. as you're walking down the street, mm-hmm. you're in the public domain. You have the pri- proper permit to be mm-hmm. shooting. Mm-hmm. You're fine if you. If you walk up to the the Tides Hotel mm-hmm. and with a beautiful place to sit outside and you sit at a table and the waiter comes up and says, welcome to the Tides Hotel and hands you a menu and the Tides logo is on the menu while sure. you're having that conversation. Sure. Um, you're better off going to the owner and saying, we're going to, we want to shoot this shot. And you probably would have had to anybody to get a permit to shoot there, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't want to gorilla shoot that. Because then now you're 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 featuring the tides, and Got you're featuring it. their intellectual property. So it's always better to get the permission than to wait, produce the film, release it, and then get a nasty letter from someone like me that says, uh, <laughs> "Take this out of the film." Got it, or Greek it out, or have it visually affect out, or something along those right. lines. Got it. Um, like, you know, a whole yeah, a, a two minute scene at a table just you know cost us another three thousand dollars in visual effects cleanup work. Exactly. <laughs> God. Or you could have just paid them <laughs> originally. <laughs> right. So right. Um, now another big uh, mystery to a lot of filmmakers, um, especially indie filmmakers, is uh, the need to open up a company per movie, like an actual LLC per movie. Do you actually need to form a company every time you make a feature film? No, you don't. You can, you know, some indie filmmakers have a company. And they'll run their their production through that company. The reason that you really want to have a separate LLC or corp or however you're going to set up the, the film is to uh, segregate costs and investments and profits so that you're not commingling them with, say, three different productions. So that becomes a lot more complicated than if you just create an LLC and everything's run through that. And that's what most investors are going to want anyway, because they don't want their money getting commingled with other projects. No, but on a legal standpoint, though, let's say someone sues like Coca-Cola. I, I killed somebody with a Coca-Cola bottle and I didn't get the rights to it in my movie. Um, and they sue. If they sue the LLC, it stops at the LLC. They can't continue to sue the production company, let's say, like if I have my own production company, but I created a specific LLC for that movie It stops at the LLC. Is that correct? Is that form of protection? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. 
Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And now back to the show. Yes, it is a form of production. It's a limited liability company, which is the main reason that LLCs uh, came to be, they're, they're sort of a fiction of the state. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the federal government doesn't even recognize them. They're <laughs> just considered a, a state uh, uh, setup. And basically, they're there to create liability protection for the actual parties behind the LLC. Now, I'm sure you, Alex, may have heard of the term piercing the corporate veil. Have you no, heard that I've never heard that before. What does that mean? <clears throat> okay. Piercing the corporate veil is when, uh, and especially neophytes that are starting in the business, and they do, uh, you know, they open a company, they do what they think is right, and they set up an LLC for their project. Mm-hmm. And then they transfer money from their personal account into that LLC. Mm-hmm. They use their personal credit card. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, short a little bit their groceries out of that account and then they're going to pay it back now what they've done is they have created what's called an alter ego in other words that llc could be pierced and the liability then could go to the actual filmmaker and the filmmaker's assets and anyone involved in that film because they use the llc for personal purposes Mm. so you cannot do that i'll say it one more time you cannot do that what you really want to do is, is set up that LLC strictly for the purpose of handling the monies that go in and out for that film. And that's all. When you start the very first investment, of course, you can loan 
the LLC money mm-hmm. and you should have a document that says it's a loan and you mm-hmm. pay it back. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a legitimate way to get seed money put into a project, into an LLC to get going. Mm-hmm. But you can't use it as a personal bank account. Because if you do, you lose your limited, or you risk losing your limited liability protection. So then, that's why you have to open up a bank account for that uh, LLC. You should have a debit card um, for that LLC, and then if you're going to be making any payments, you use either checks or that uh, that debit card for that specific production. That it's only for things for that production. That's right. You want everything separated, and to the extent that you have a problem getting a card because there's no credit for the LLC. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important to have a relationship with a bank. Correct. And often new filmmakers don't. So there are ways around it, getting, like you said, a debit card or things where credit's not extended mm-hmm. and they put some sort of uh, guarantee on the funds in the LLC account. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's an accounting question so that you can basically set yourself up in a way to keep all of the film costs and profits separate. That's the goal. Excellent. Now, do you is it actually necessary to obtain releases from everybody's face? Anyone who has a face that appears in, on camera anywhere in the movie? <clears throat> Again, we're the, uh, from an attorney perspective. I always say yes. Mm-hmm. I want you to have releases for everyone because it minimizes the risk, and someone won't get upset that later you perceive to be. Uh, not a featured person Mm -hmm. and that person shows up in the film and the person sees it and says, wait a minute, I didn't want to be in this film. Mm -hmm. I, you know, this was shot in a year that I said I lived out of the country Mm -hmm. and now you are causing me uh, liability because now I'm in this film that was shot in the U S and I wasn't supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, these are always on the margin things. You know, us attorneys, we always have delightful information to impart on people. <laughs> so <clears throat> That's why you know, I wanted you I, on the show. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, to, to digress a second, I always know I call a client and a lot of times they'll say, it's you, what? And, you know, <laughs> I don't take it personally because, you know. What I'm now, Walter? I'm the purveyor of the 0.1% of the problem that could occur, not the 99.9% that it won't occur. Right. And the reason is, is because that's what you pay an attorney for is those things you don't think of that you need to be protected from. Because I can promise you, if I was your attorney and in this scenario, that person sent a cease and desist and uh, wanted that film pulled, that you'd say to me, Walter, why didn't you tell me this could happen? Of course. course. Okay. So... (laughs) You know, that's that's what I do. And in this circumstance, in terms of what you're asking, mm-hmm. if you're walking down the street, we'll use that analogy again, and you're on the sidewalk, sure. and there are people passing by as this is going, those people passing by, you don't need a release from them. They're just sort of, they're not featured. They're momentarily in the shot and pass through. Mm-hmm. And so it's not not really necessary. I'm, I use the example of uh, you go to a sporting event. Right. And maybe you have seen it. There's a big sign there as you come in and mm-hmm. it says, notice, we are filming. By entering this uh, complex, you, you are consenting to mm-hmm. the, the right for us to film and that you may appear in the film. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that sign? Uh, I, I've put them up myself. Okay. <laughs> so that's a great thing to do because it's a notice issue. You're basically wanting to tell someone, hey, you, if you walk in here, you can't say you didn't know that we weren't filming here. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a sign there. Now, truth be told, that's only risk mitigation. It doesn't guarantee you that someone say the the pretty girl or the handsome guy or the couple that's in the stadium and the filmmaker goes, oh, look at those two. They'd be great as a background focus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for this part of the story. So they zoom in on these two and focus on them. Now they become not incidental. They mm-hmm. become featured at that point. And there's liability there because you can't use that focus, that, that main attention uh, on those individuals using a general uh, release and disclaimer by entering the premises because that's really not what you're asking. What you're, what you're asking them to do is to be on notice that they could be uh, momentarily on camera, not featured, right. not with a, a shot where they're held in focus. This is, yeah. So, yeah. so in, in terms of your question, no, you don't need a release all the time, especially in big, large crowd shots mm-hmm. or in public, in mm-hmm. a shopping mall, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. But uh, depending on the risk mitigation, and, and if I were vetting a script, I would say if you were in a shopping mall, uh, that you might want to just hire 20 extras to stroll by. Mm-hmm. and then get releases. But uh, if you don't want to pay the money, then you go in the mall and you shoot and you, you know, you have minimal risk, but it's always there. But no, but if you shoot, that's only if their face is shown, you can show people's backs and other things like that without a problem. Correct. Yes. It's image and likeness. In other words, you have to be able to, to see the, the, my, my right of, of publicity mm-hmm. and privacy is about, you're recognizing me. Mm-hmm. So if you're shooting, you know, uh, in a way that I can be easily identified, mm-hmm. regardless of what angle of shot that you're taking, mm-hmm. then the risk is there. But if it's a, a shot from the back and it, it, a reasonable person would not be able to identify the person, mm-hmm. then you're good. Now, um, I just wanted to go back real quick to a logo, a logo question. If someone's yeah. on an iPhone, and they're checking their 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 messages or their email or something like that, and the Apple logo is there while they're doing it. Nothing's happening. It's just standard, just checking stuff. Is that something that needs to be mitigated? Is that something that needs to be removed? Okay. In this circumstance, uh, I would not do that. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I would I would advise against that is there are there are product logos that have special status. Mm-hmm. Because they're so well known that you don't even need the name of the company to know who it is. Sure. Apple would be one and of them. Right? Apple is certainly one of them, if not the penultimate one. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, they're very protective of that logo. And again, it's not just the logo on the phone that's incidentally shown. Mm-hmm. But what is the film about? What is happening? What are they doing with the phone? What What kind of association occurs with that logo Mm -hmm. and that's what apple and anyone with a logo that's uh, easily identified like that with special status especially Mm -hmm. um is very protective of so i'm sure that you've seen uh situations where someone is on an apple Mm -hmm. uh, laptop Mm -hmm. it's always covered yes all of a sudden you look in that and you're sort of like what You know, when you're a kid and there's that highlights magazine where you have to kind of focus on something. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. 
We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And now back to the show. And you see the person with the laptop and you're like, what's different? Well, mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. that's an Apple laptop, but mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden you realize that the glowing Apple is not there. Or they've just covered up, just just greeked it out in a way that uh, right. that just you know it's there, but you, it's not officially there. Right. It's it. You can't tell that it's the Apple logo. Mm-hmm. So you may know it, but you think, oh, that doesn't look right. But that then you're doing what you need to do to mitigate the risk, because then you a reasonable person might say, well, could be, might not be. And then you're in the zone of a little bit more of a safety area. So if it's if it's in someone's pocket and they're kind of walking around and it's very small in the background, yeah. is that a big deal? I kind of see it, kind of don't either then, even if it's in the background, not even being touched? You know, um, I'm going to give you the lawyer answer. Yes. Uh, mitigate. <laughs> yes. Get rid of it. Yes. Mitigate. Mitigate. <laughs> mitigate. Okay. Mitigate. mitigate. <clears throat> That's right. You know, it's like uh, when you buy property, what do they say? Location, location, location. Mitigate, mitigate, mitigate. Mitigate, mitigate, mitigate. All right. So um, when you check, uh, do you, when you ha- come up with a title for a movie, I know titles arguably cannot be copywritten unless it's a trademark. Is there a place where you can check to see if the, 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 the title is available or what is that whole legal thing with titles? Cause obviously I can't come up with a movie called star Wars cause that's a trademark, but you can come up with a movie called Meg for like, cause I did a movie called this is Meg. Um, and there's other movies that have the word Meg in it or there, I mean, how many, I don't even know what a movie that would even make sense. Uh, Halloween, you can't use Halloween obviously cause that's associated with a, 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 a um, uh, a bunch of movies as well. I don't know. What's the legal thing in regards to titles? Because I know that's a big thing a lot of people always get caught up in. Well, basically what you need to do is, uh, what you should do is a title search. Mm-hmm. And there there are companies that specialize in this. Mm-hmm. And what they do is, is you order a title search mm-hmm. for the name of your film, and they come back and give you a, a sort of basically a risk analysis. They tell you, here are the films that with similar or the same names, and these we recommend that you do not use this title for the following reasons, and then they, you get the reasons of this title report, mm-hmm. or the risk, in your opinion, is not great enough, and in the title search company's opinion is, uh, is not great enough, and then you say, okay, fine, I'll take the risk. 
the one of the main companies. <clears throat> excuse me, Alex. Yeah. <clears throat> one of the main companies that does that is Thomson Reuters, mm-hmm. and Thomson you can order now. They're not cheap. They're you know potentially several hundreds of dollars, sometimes up to 800 or more. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the best way to ensure, you know, the title on your film is clear. <clears throat> Got it. And, uh, and uh, is there a big difference between short film titles as opposed to feature <clears throat> film titles? Does it really matter? Different, <clears throat> difference in terms of risk? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> For a short film, you, you know, it, it, it's the, sort of level of exposure and the, the, the sort of competitive element of the film, you know, Mm -hmm. are you going to go out there and, and cause someone in the public to believe that you are associated with a film of a similar name? (laughs) That's been, that's been, that's been done before. (laughs) Yes. Well, we know that trans transmorphers transmorphers was fantastic. (laughs) Absolutely. That's one of mine too. I was going to use that example. Thanks a lot. So basically when it comes to a short, it's much less risk and much less attention on it. And, you know, if there's any sort of grace left out there, most people would not come with a cease and desist on that kind of situation with a short. Now, perfect example, though, Transformers and Transmorphers. There's that company, Asylum, who lives their entire business plan is about piggybacking on big studio releases and making cheap ripoffs of them. Um how does that work? Like, because obviously Transmorphers, if you look at the cover, if you don't know and you're just another person just scanning, it, it kind of looks like Transformers. Yes. Well, you know, basically it – parody area. Mm, where The parody <laughs> areas. That's what they're doing there. They're, they're, they're going down the – the, the parody, you know, super highway and this, and, and then they get a special sort of right to, to do that. So, you know, the, the font is also different on transmorphers than mm-hmm. on transformers. And the, um, the way that they approach it, you know, they, it, it, there's a humor element to transmorphers that you think, in, <laughs> Yes. You know, the sort of, uh, I think there's something in there about this is a bad movie or or something like that. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, and you pretty much, if you're looking, you're not going to confuse that with Transformers. Although you may think of Transformers, you can see it's clearly not, not the same movie. uh, Sure. Same production. Yes. Got it. Now with all, with everything, all these questions I've asked you in the world that we live in today, where there's a lot of self-distribution, as opposed to going through distribution companies where people could just upload their film to Amazon Prime right now uh, individually and start selling it without the need for a distribution company. A lot of those things that, that you're asking for, like the, the different rights and the contracts and things like that, um, that go along with a standard release, uh, you know, if you make a movie for five grand and put it up on Amazon, um, Amazon's not asking for any of this. They're not asking for E&O insurance or not anything else. So you're basically just taking a huge risk by doing it without these things from a filmmaker's point of view, correct? Correct. When the chances, it's all about exposure and if you'll get caught, if anyone even cares enough to, 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 to send a cease and desist order or anything like that. 
It's really the latter point you're making. I mean, honestly, you know, in the in the size of that kind of market of a film, mm-hmm. it's going to cost a company more money to actually issue the cease and desist than the film costs to make. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, and they also, the reality of it is, if they're going to do it, it's because they, they're upset and they want something from you. Mm-hmm. So when they're looking at a film that costs 5000 to make and was self-produced, self-distributed, mm-hmm. that's sort of a, an indicator that there's not a whole lot of deep pockets there. Right. So, you know, that's the hard situation, the hard luck way to look at this is, is it's all about money. And so they're probably not going to come after you. And again, I, I, I sort of always fall back on this idea that all of these avenues of distribution and self-distribution are better for everyone mm-hmm. because it makes more people interested in entertainment. They're more apt to go online and come across another movie that someone who might be upset with a particular self-distributed movie otherwise wouldn't have gotten that person to be a purveyor of their film. Mm-hmm. So it helps everybody in the greater good to allow creative uh it, uh, contributions to films that are that are smaller and, the, and allows people to grow and to develop into bigger filmmakers. So I always hope that people take that approach. And when someone comes to me and rarely do I ever get a call on a situation like this, mm-hmm. but when, <clears throat> when it does happen, my approach is usually that, you know, contacting opposing counsel and saying, you know, come on, do you really you have, do, do you really want to go down this road, guys? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, you know what? Let me just put it to you this way. This phone call is the <laughs> entire budget the person has. So if you really want to talk about something here, then there ain't gonna be anything left for you because I already got it. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty much they don't they ain't got no more money. They're like they that's they, right. They they, they, and, they, you know, they they knocked it all out with just hiring me for this phone call. That's right. And I gave him a discount rate on this call, too. So it's honestly, <laughs> there's not going to be anything there for you. So, you know, go get a Starbucks and calm down. And it also depends, too, like uh, depending on how big of a situation, it could be a PR nightmare um, for certain uh, for certain movies uh, and certain companies trying to go after those movies, which is I, which brings me a, a great uh, example of remember that movie a few years ago that this filmmaker went in Disneyland and shot an entire movie oh, in yes. Disneyland. Yes. Shooting, I mean, trademarks everywhere, literally just, and they made a whole, kind of like a horror movie, like a psychedelic horror movie about being in Disneyland. And everyone's yes. like, there's no way Disney's going to let that go because Disney's obviously very famous for controlling their copyright and their trademark. And everybody was expecting a major battle, and Disney did nothing. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now back to the show. Yes. Because they felt that if we put our feet into this, it's just going to bring more attention to it. And that's what people are going to be interested in selling it. So they just decided to take a that approach. Is that basically what happened? Right. Well, I mean, basically, I think you're talking about Escape from Tomorrow. Yes. That's the film? Yes, that's, yeah, yeah, yes. that's the film. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, first of all, how great is this that this person <laughs> – it's, it's actually right? quite genius that he did do it. <laughs> it. It's amazing. Like, you know, when this happened and, and you know, my legal ears perked up and I thought, oh, come on. Come on, Disney. Show us how mean you really are. And, right. you know, they're, they're – there was just no way that they were going to go after these filmmakers in this sort of tiny little film. And then of course it drew a lot of attention because it was uh, shot a great deal of it was shot at, uh, I think they, was it in Florida? Yeah. Disney world. Yeah. They did a Disney world. Yeah. 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 It was the, yeah. Go to Disney world site. And, you know, and then it got, I think some uh, favorable reviews about, uh, comparisons to other big filmmakers and how, what they had done in the past. And I think, believe me, there was a conversation about it, uh, you know, at, uh, at the ear shop in Burbank, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, and, I, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. And <clears throat> some smart attorney there said, this is not going to look good. So let it go. We, <clears throat> let it go. And, Believe it or not, although Disney can be very litigious, mm-hmm. they didn't. And, and uh, you know, they issued a press release, I think, <clears throat> that said something like, um, we're aware of this film. You know, they had to put their, yes. their stink on it yeah, you know, and say, you know, we know it's there. And, of course, when you read that, it's got it, – in your mind, it's bold and really mean font – Right, and, right. You know, you know, like scaring everyone else that's thinking of going to Disneyland to shoot a film without permission, which they would never get. Mm-hmm. So that that straw got pulled, and I think no one's ever going to be able to pull that straw again. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't think anyone's shooting on Disney's property without them knowing about it. I mean, you could try, but I don't think that's if it happens again, they're going to get they're going to get killed. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to continually let this happen, and you know, God knows it. Disney probably has infrared sensors when you're walking into their theme parks. You probably there's you know there's nothing that they don't see. Oh, I I remember uh, a grad night. I'll never forget this. If you if, if anyone listening, there's something called grad night where all the seniors in high school get to go to Disneyland or Disney World. And uh, a friend of mine was in the, in the haunted house with me, three three uh, three cars ahead of me, and he toked one up and started smoking a little weed, and the whole thing stopped. A mysterious figure came in from the darkness, grabbed him, pulled him out. The ride kept going. We're like, oh, hot damn. 
<laughs> and it and it was just so brilliantly done. You're just like, no. And he went to Mickey jail. And he literally sat in Mickey jail till the teacher had to come and get him. And then I think our school was not invited back for a couple of years. <laughs> I'm sure. And you know, you know that your listeners know there really is a jail there, right? No, there is. There actually is a Mickey jail. Absolutely. There's a Mickey Mouse yes. jail. There's it's got a- bars. Oh, yeah, yeah, that they hold them there until yeah. they, the police come and get you. Oh, absolutely. Do not mess around with the mouse. That's right. <laughs> Do not. And I think when they when they open the door, it actually takes you through the gift shop before you leave. That's even more genius. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you go in Disneyland. You still get funneled through the gift shop, okay? Amazing, amazing. <laughs> I don't know, no matter where, even in prison, like, all right, I know you get it, but if you want to buy anything along the way to, your pr- to, to jail, I mean, we'll give you a discount. <laughs> really? You want a lollipop or some box of chocolate? Yeah. How, how about a Mickey ice cream? It'll be the last one you'll see for a while. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so um, can you talk a little bit about E&O insurance? Because I know a lot of people uh, always, as far as filmmakers are concerned, they they know what kind of, like they need E&O insurance, which is called errors and emission insurance. Um, and do you need it? all the time and like especially if you're not go if you're going with a distribution company or self-distributing in a way that it, it might not be needed well uh that's that's your choice it depends on and you should decide at at the outset of principal photography what your strategy is going to be to distribute your film your film mm-hmm. and if you're going to self-distribute then you're taking on all the risk and you're accessing distribution through your own efforts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really it's you and you're in the mirror, you know, talk, you know, should I get E&O? And then you answer, no, I don't need E&O. And there you go. And you just self-distribute your film. On the other hand, if you're going to go to a distributor who's any reputable distributor that's going to go out with a film is not going to take the risk that there was no E&O during principal photography to take care of any errors, Mm -hmm. which is, which is what it's for. And so you've got a film that you're delivering and they want to see the E&O policy and you say, I didn't get it. I didn't, couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And they say, good, good, because we're not distributing your film now. But you can get it afterwards. You could obviously buy E&O insurance afterwards after it's like, hey, I got a distribution deal. Hey, we needed E&O insurance. Okay, we'll go and get one. And then the E&O yeah. will look at it and go, okay, well, now you got to get rid of that Apple logo. And then you're good. Right. Well, therein is the issue. You can go get it after. Mm-hmm. It's harder to get after than if you do it before. Mm-hmm. And you know, basically, there's a risk there that you wouldn't have if you just you – know, you decide, hey, we're, we're going to go to – our strategy is to distribute through – a third party, mm-hmm. then generally speaking, you're going to need, you know, and you get the policy for the, you know, during the period that the film is being made mm-hmm. and with a tail on the end. So you can deliver it to a distributor and they, and that box is checked. Got it. <clears throat> All right. So, yeah, cause I know a lot of filmmakers always ask me, Hey, do I need, you know, insurance? I'm like, well, like if, if you expect to sell to Netflix or Hulu for, a, uh, for an SVOD uh, distribution deal, you're going to have to get one. Uh, they won't yes. touch. They won't touch it without it. No matter how That's small. Right. No matter how. If it's a thousand dollar movie, you won't be able to get a, a real distribution deal without ENO. Now you could put it up on Amazon by yourself and take the risk if there's any issues. Right. But that's right. That it, it's all about risk versus. I mean, if you made a thousand dollar movie, it's going to cost you a thousand dollars to get ENO, if not more. <laughs> so, yeah, it will. It you know, will. And you know, a lot of times the, the deals that I do, mm-hmm. uh, anytime there's an investor. 
mm. that is is coming in. Generally, anyone with any sort of funds that is, you know, they're concerned with, I won't even put a dollar amount on it, could be a thousand dollars. They're going to say uh, there's a condition precedent here to that investment, which basically is fancy talk for you're not going to get my money until you show me an E&O policy. Right. And but you then, can, I didn't know you can get an E&O policy prior to shooting. Uh, you, you can uh, get a policy that has a start date during your principal photography, mm-hmm. and you can pay for that policy for a certain period of time, and then they'll, they'll rate it for you uh, so that you can attach that during you know, uh, your efforts on getting distribution. And it's cheaper, right. and it's cheaper generally when you get E&O prior? Well, it's easier to get because uh, there's, it's proactively being done, so they're not worried about what it is you've already done. And mm-hmm. like any insurance – they want to know the, you know, all the elements of the film and the risk that mm-hmm. they're taking, mm-hmm. and then they rate it accordingly. So, um, and, and generally, the budget is one of the indicators of that in terms of what the premium is. Would any so, would any no insurance company even take a five thousand dollar movie or a ten thousand dollar movie? I don't. Well, I to, don't know. In I don't today's generally world, generally get involved. Yeah, in today's world, probably it'd be tough to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, or cost prohibitive. Um, generally, films like that aren't hiring me, so I don't I don't get that direct involvement on the you know policy in that regard. But yeah, I would think you're probably right, Alex. It'd probably be a tough tough uh, road to get unless policy, you have a, but, unless you go to them and go, look, I have a deal for a hundred thousand dollars from Netflix. I need an you know insurance. Can yes, you, can you get me one? Then the conversation changes. Sure. Got it. Absolutely. So and when, a relationship. Yes, exactly. You know, now that's a big thing. When uh, a lot of filmmakers, you were talking about investors. A lot of filmmakers sometimes want to put together a prospectus for an investor uh, or a memorandum. Uh, and I know that's a very large question on how to do that. But um, what basic advice can you give filmmakers who want to put together a perspective? What are the key things that they need to get just to be able to to even get money from an investor besides their mom? Sure. Okay. Well. I mean, generally, I think what you're referring to is a private placement memorandum, a PPM. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when, you, when you're talking about development of a PPM, you're right. It's a huge topic. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now back to the show. But one of the main things to, to really be aware of is that there are legal ramifications to what you put on every single page of that PPM. Mm-hmm. So even when it comes down to uh, in, any sort of comparables that you're putting in, because you're obviously you're, you're doing everything in this to create an impression that's based on facts that a person relies on in order to give you money. Mm-hmm. And if you put films in that uh, show, say, if you're doing a documentary, mm-hmm. which are notoriously hard to make money in and very and low percentages of those that make it big. Mm-hmm. And so you're putting in these comparables for someone and you have disclaimers in there, which are always mm-hmm. important, which is this is a risk risky investment you may not get any of your money back uh films of this nature are are very difficult to generate a profit only eight percent of documentaries actually make a return of five percent or greater Mm -hmm. so you those disclaimers are very important if you leave them out and you put in comparables that lead an investor to believe that they're going to make money for sure and you put in all the, the, the biggest return documentaries you can you can think of with yes, budgets sir. that aren't really comparable. Right. You're creating a huge risk for yourself. Got it. So in other words, if you're making an action movie and you use the Fast and the Furious, or the, as a reference, like they made a billion dollars and I'm making a car action movie, so I should make a billion dollars. You should expect the billion dollars. That's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> and, and, you know, not all investors are the same. So <clears throat> some are more sophisticated than others. And some aren't, <clears throat> but that PPM is for everybody. So it's, you don't have one for a uh, 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 sophisticated investor and one for a not sophisticated investor. You have one. So you need to make sure that you're covering the, uh, the, the basis to make sure that everyone is on notice mm-hmm. that it's a risky investment because all films are risky investments. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. If you want to make money, uh, the film industry is uh, – there are better places to invest, I would imagine. Uh, there, there are, Alex. But you know what's interesting is in, a, in the environment that we've been in where you know you have a, a savings account at a bank and you're getting a whopping 0.01% interest. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Right? Sure. Okay. Well, people that have money are looking for some sort of decent return, which has a different definition depending on what era we're in. Mm -hmm. So when you're getting 0.01% on your money in a bank account, 3% in the stock market, and you can get 8% or 10% on a film, well, you might want to take that risk because you're going to get so much more of a return, but you also, anytime there's a legitimate higher return on an investment mm-hmm. comes to the associated increase in risk. Of course, of course. And obviously mm-hmm. making a movie for someone who's outside of the industry could be very exotic, very fun. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it, I've, I've heard a lot of filmmakers get money from movies just purely because 
the the investor just wanted to be part of the show. He wanted to be on the set every day, just to kind of, you know, ha- you know, have dinner with the actors and the actresses, and kind of hobnob with Hollywood, and that's what they wanted. And for that, it was worth that's it. Right. If they, and if they made money, great. If they didn't, it's a write off for them, and they're okay with that. Okay, so that's the best kind of investor. If you God. got that person's name, send it over. To oh them. Jesus! Exactly, oh, exactly the kind of person that you would want because. As long as they're not a crazy, they're not there sure. taking photos, and then you know all of a sudden they're inviting themselves themselves to the to the actor's house. You know there are some downsides to that yes. kind of person. But, and don't but forget the girlfriend, the girlfriend who needs to get the lead. Don't forget that. Oh right, all of those things. <laughs> you know they all there always is a cost, right? There's sure. Something there, but from an investment perspective, somebody that's taking this risk and and you've given them all the requisite notices and they're great with it. Mm-hmm. Then you remove that element that they're, they're going to say, well, you told me I was going to make X amount of money. Mm-hmm. And you say, yeah, well, I have all these emails that said, I don't from you that it isn't the money I'm really interested in. It's being able to be around these actors and my girlfriend's going to get, you know, the, the lead female role. Mm-hmm. And we satisfied all those requirements so that you got what you wanted. And right. that, that would be very hard for someone to take a turn on you in terms of saying, well, hey, you didn't give me proper notice. Got it. All <laughs> right. So uh, the can you refer to copyright or trademark material in a script very much like the way clerks did when they were talking about – Star Wars and they, you know, talking about trademark and copyright and things. Cause I know a lot of people sometimes are scared about even mentioning a logo or mentioning a company, not logo, but mentioning a company or, or a trademark thing. But I think in my layman's, uh, layman's view, it's okay, correct? Yes. You, you know, you, you're, you're free to speak about anything that you want as long as you don't defame a, mm-hmm. a company. Okay. So you, you can say, well, you know, how's that new Apple laptop you've got? And the person says, great, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If you say, how's that crappy Apple laptop? You know, all of them break within a month. Mm-hmm. And, and the person said, yeah, really, man, mine only worked for two weeks. I had to throw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> no, because you know, that's not true. And there's no defense to that. Just like if you were to defame a person, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and the words are what's important. You know, it's if their opinion or they're vague, mm-hmm. you're fine. If you know, if, if you're if you're saying uh, Apple is a fraud and they steal everyone's money, that's not, not yet, good. Not good. Not good. Uh, if you say Apple laptops are so expensive, man, I wish I was rich and I could afford one. Mm-hmm. You're probably okay. I mean, because right. they're not cheap. So it's not that that's an opinion. That's not a defamatory statement. So that's really what it's about. And then even that, even the opinion aspect and the defamatory statement can be uh, a gray area because it could be my opinion that apples are crappy. Uh, that's right. And there, and then there's that gray area where now the lawyers get in and now they, they, they the battle begins. So there is that because obviously, I mean, look at talk radio and the news and stuff like that. I mean, Jesus, uh, as far as defamation is concerned, it's pretty insane in today's world. Right. And and that's a good example because that part of the example I gave where someone Mm -hmm. says they're crappy, Mm -hmm. that's, that's an opinion. Mm -hmm. What does crappy mean? Mm -hmm. It, It doesn't mean anything. It means something different to everybody. But when you say they don't last more than a month and you have to throw them away, that's something really, that's a very specific Opinion that you need to prove that you need to prove. 
or or you know apple could come back and say delete that because you're 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 defaming our high tech reliable equipment that has an average of five years of a lifespan uh, more than that actually I have, I have some that last like almost eight years already it's insane don't have, admit it. yeah i'm sorry don't sorry, admit sorry, it. sorry sorry <laughs> it sits it sits in the corner i just turn it on occasionally stop <laughs> stop i have the latest gear Okay, come hey, on. I'll, I'll loan you some money to get a new one. Hey, but. no, no. I, I, this is my that's my third computer. Right, it's back off, back off, back off, Walter. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and they're fantastic, right? They're, the best ever. They're the best ever. The best ever. <laughs> now, Windows, on the other hand, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so, um, so how do you? Uh, and this is a really basic question, but and a lot of people don't know this answer. How do you copyright a script or a feature film once it's done? And do you need to? Okay. Well, yes, you do. And, okay. and it's a delivery item, basically. And it's quite simple. You can go to copyright.gov, mm -hmm. and there's an e-file option, mm -hmm. which I think is some, somewhere around 35 bucks mm -hmm. right now, something like that. <clears throat> and you, you pick the, the category of which you're copywriting, so video, film, or screenplay, mm -hmm. and you upload – the document, or if it's too big to upload, you can send in uh, a copy and you file it with the copyright office and it is processed somewhere around a year later, mm -hmm. but it's retroactive to the date that you file. Mm -hmm. So you, I'm sure you've seen copyright pending or sure, trademark sure. pending. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's because it's filed and under copyright law, it's, copywritten from the moment of creation mm -hmm. so it's not the idea of the screenplay it's the actual screenplay itself the hard copy with letters on the paper mm -hmm. that is copywritten it's hard you now, can't you can't copyright an idea can't copyright an idea but you can copyright the, the proceeds of that idea mm -hmm. so basically the, the screenplay or the film uh once it's created is copywritten. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. And now back to the show. To register it gives you additional rights. And that are rights of cease and desist, 
those are rights of, of uh, damages. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that you proceed against someone if they steal your copyright or your trademark that, uh, that you get by filing. Mm -hmm. And it can be retroactively. So you don't lose it. You lose that right just because you don't actually file. It's just a process you have to go through, which you should do proactively mm -hmm. so that you have it. So you have the full weight of the. But it's quite simple too. both now, copyright and trademark. Now, if you. All right. So let's say, yeah, with the script, and it's always important. And I know a lot of people, a lot of screenwriters listening, they say, oh, you have to just register with the WGA. And from my understanding and talking to other attorneys in the past, that's absolutely it's nice, but it doesn't mean anything. The only one that really matters is the copyright office in Washington. Correct. That's correct. And just to be clear, the WGA registration is an evidentiary filing. Mm -hmm. So all the WGA registration does, and I'm sure for many filmmakers, they've done it many, many times. Mm -hmm. You go to the WGA West or East, mm -hmm. you walk into the, to the office here in LA on Fairfax and turn to the left, go in, there's an envelope, they stamp, you, you put the, the screenplay inside, mm -hmm. whatever it is you're uh, filing, mm -hmm. they seal it. They stamp it, and you sign it, and that sealed envelope goes into the file. Mm -hmm. Later, if all of a sudden you see your screenplay or you hear about something in production, mm -hmm. that is exactly your idea. Even the names of the characters mm -hmm. are the same. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh my God, what the F is going on here? That filing that you made is evidentiary on the date and time that it was filed at the WGA. If that what you're seeing being made has a date afterwards, mm -hmm. there's a presumption that that was your original idea because now you've shown that you filed it before the date mm -hmm. that they filed their screenplay. Mm -hmm. And that's a piece of evidence you use to prove that perhaps someone stole your idea. But you could do but that's, that but that same thing could be used from the copyright office. That's right, but the copyright itself is actually property. It has the federal weight of statutory law, mm -hmm. and it basically says, I own this, mm -hmm. and this is the government says this was mine, mm -hmm. and no one can take it, and that is a right you can assert as, as, a, as a, a cause of action in suing somebody, mm. and that you can claim, hey, this is copyright infringement, or this is trademark infringement, and the, the law is quite powerful. And putting the burden uh, on on someone to show that in fact they own a property that otherwise you have the rights to in under federal law. So if and, you okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and there's also state. Uh, you can file state uh, trademarks as well. So most people don't know that under common law rights within each state, but it's the the federal law is the one with the weight. The now, federal if, copyright and trademark. So if you make a feature film, an indie film, and again, we made it for 50 grand and my, and my dad gave me the money um, yeah. and we've made it and we've now uploaded it to Amazon and are making money from it. And, but we have not copyrighted the final movie. Is it, uh, can someone just take it and just put, start making DVDs and selling it somewhere? No, that's okay. illegal. Okay. But, uh, but, but in order to sue them in federal court, you're mm -hmm. going to need a registration mm -hmm. to do it. And you can do it retroactively. You can say, oh, my God, my film has been hijacked by and pirated. And, mm -hmm. it's all, you know, it's all over the web. 
And it happens so often now mm-hmm. and very hard to combat because, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to even find who the people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have a right with a registered uh, copyright uh, to to actually assert your copyrights. And that's also a deliver- – is that a deliverable too that like a Netflix would ask for? <clears throat> yes, absolutely. Got you, it. You need a copyright filing and uh, if there's any sort of uh, – a trademark that you're using or creating, you need that filing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are deliverables. But at the same time, like I said, you can, you own it. The film is yours. Somebody can't just take it and say, oh, there's no copy. That they're wrong. They can't do that. So what happened with It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> <laughs> what happened with Night of the Living Dead? Like I could take Night of the Living Dead right now and start selling DVDs of it. Why? Well, you, you know, it's uh, it, it's not such a wonderful life after many years go by. You know, <laughs> in the end, you, you got a certain amount of time to protect yourself and that's it. Okay, so there is a time limit to this. So if after 30 years you have not created a copyright, official copyright for it, uh, then someone could come along and take it and start selling it as, a, as their own property. Well, no, a trademark, a, a lifespan. Right. But, but like a film, what happened property. specifically like with Night of the Living Dead and, and It's a Wonderful Life? Those two movies were – something happened with the registration where it became public domain all of a sudden. I know with One yes, Wonderful Life came are, back yes, out, but, but Living Dead I know is yeah. still open in public domain. Yeah. There, there are special circumstances. In, in, in depends on the filing. It's sort of like the happy birthday situation where – Yes. You know – it was copywritten and the, the transfer of the copyright was found to be uh, invalid. Mm-hmm. And so now we can happily sing happy birthday all over the place without having to, you know. Oh, we can now? Is, it, show up. is that something we could do now? <laughs> yes. Oh, but don't God. sing happy birthday to me. Okay, but no, no. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, there, there are, are faults within the filings that can actually cause a copyright to be declared invalid. And, um, so there are circumstances like that, but copyright is property. So, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's like a house. And so once you have it, something copywritten, mm-hmm. it's yours. And those are things you can protect as long as you, you have proper chain of title. Got it. Now, uh, last question, um, before I ask you my final questions that I always ask all my, all my guests, what is a good sure. legal resource out there that filmmakers can kind of go and touch in besides obviously uh, talking and consulting with an attorney? You know, there are some really good forums out there online, mm-hmm. filmmaker forums that people can go to. And, uh, you know, I, they're, they're there. I don't want to plug anyone in particular, but there are ones where attorneys actually participate mm-hmm. and you can post a question and then attorneys will respond and they'll tell you, you know, a basic answer to your question. So from a legal perspective, there's ways to get access to attorneys that want uh, business. And they're actually looking to get people to retain them. So they participate in those kind of online forums. There's also filmmaker websites where they will give you sort of the primer of how to do something. And there's quite a few of them out there. And they're not bad. You know, on the basics, they'll sort of walk you through what you need to do or how you do a filing. Um, and then uh, the 
different guilds. If somebody's part of a guild, there are certainly resources within the guilds to help you as well. Or if you have a friend who's in the guild, they have resources that uh, you might be able to access to to sort of help you, guide you through the process. And what advice would you give a filmmaker just starting out? Um, go with your passion. Believe in what you're doing. Don't take no for an answer. Don't give up. And make it happen. And, you know, those, those people, when they really have that passion and drive, I really think that spirit that someone has in them to make their dream come true will, will give them a better than fighting chance than someone who's doing this, not for the passion, but other reasons where they're not really ignited inside. This business is tough. (laughs) It can beat you down quickly. And if you don't have that passion, people can read it. They can hear it in your voice. They can see it in your eyes. And that this just might not be the avenue for you to make a film, but if you got it, people feel it and they want those kinds of people. And if, and, and I know that when I see them too, mm-hmm. and uh, I always say the same thing. I might've said this to you before, Alex, mm-hmm. someone that would come into my office and tell me what they're going to do mm-hmm. is a lot different than someone that comes in my office and tells me what they've done and, and how they're proceeding and you know, they've got this screenplay and they've gone through five different uh, versions of the screenplay and they're on the blue copy now. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. And now back to the show. And they've got a first AD and they've attached an actor and you're super impressed with their diligence. And now they're ready to move into an area where they want someone to help guide them like me. Mm -hmm. Those people, I can see the passion. I can see their commitment. And then you want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And that I think brings success to people. That's a great answer, by the way. Very, very good answer. Um, Now, what is the lesson that took you the longest to learn, whether in the film business or in life? I'm humbly reminded every day that I know nothing. (laughs) And I'll tell you the reason I I say that slightly tongue in cheek, but Mm -hmm. the truth is there, everything in what I do is gray Mm -hmm. and young attorneys I always smile when I hear an attorney and he or she will tell me, no, that's not how it is. <laughs> or it, no, you can't do that. 
<laughs> or yes, this is how you get it done, you know, with this right. conviction, right? Sure. And that's not passion. That's naivete. Yep. Because the truth is, you know, <laughs> it's not about the same answer every time. You need to listen more than you talk. And it took me a while to realize that I didn't need to sound smart. I just needed to be smart. And so I don't need to have the quick answer. I can say to someone, I don't know, or I've not, I don't know the holding in that case, or that's okay because I can't know everything. And, and I'm kind of at peace now in my old age where I've realized <laughs> that I know what I'm doing. I don't prove it to anybody. I do it because I love it because I have a passion and I learned that it's okay to say, I don't know. And, and that was a hard lesson for me. It's very you know, hard. I'll tell you what, it's something that uh, as a director, it took me years to learn because as a director, everyone comes to you and you're expected to know everything. And if you don't know everything uh, or don't know the answer to the question, sometimes it's perceived like you don't know what you're doing. But it takes a stronger person to go, I don't know, man, let's figure it out. You know, or give me a second, right. I'll figure it out. Like that take, but you have to be at a special place in your life uh, to be that confident within yourself. And a lot of filmmakers, especially first timers, um, are not. Uh, and and you, it's funny when you were talking about the the young attorneys who um, who you kind of giggle at. I, I I deal with filmmakers all the time. I have conversations with young filmmakers who think, well, you can't do that or have to do that. And and it's just it's kind of like the old dog who's been around the yard a bit. Like, yeah, I know. Might not be that it's book smart versus street smarts. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you know, one of the things you just said, Alex, which is yeah. so important, you know, when someone comes to you and you say, Hey, I don't know, we need to figure that out. What you've just done is, and someone who's got the right motives, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be sort of, uh, you're, you're eliciting their support. Mm -hmm. They're basically saying, Oh, okay, well, how can I help? Or let's figure this out together. Now the person's part of the solution. And it, it makes that person feel valued, part of the process. And someone with good intentions, that's a win for both of you. And, and it's a great tactic, if you will, to use on a set is to bring somebody in to help you because that way they're invested in the, in the, in the solution. And as opposed to you just barking out orders all the time as a director. Yeah. And, you know, I would also say this. There are times when someone will say something to me and I and I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Mm -hmm. But I have a little part of me that thinks, well, maybe that changed in the last month because I haven't looked at X, Y and Z uh, law or whatever. I will say to someone, well, this is what I think the answer to your question is. But to be honest, I haven't checked that in about a month. So we need to check into that. And then the person will say, well, how can I do that? And I tell them. Well, you go here and they say, great, can I go look? And I go, sure, but you got to tell me what you find so I can make sure you're looking at the right thing. Now I've saved the money because I've told them how to fix their problem or to research it. Mm -hmm. And I'm part of the solution with them. Mm -hmm. So by me not telling them how it is, even though I'm not absolutely 100% certain, I've actually elicited a partner that's going to work with me in a way that makes us a team. And people want to be part of a team with good intentions, and that always is a plus. Excellent answer. Excellent answer. Uh, and then name three of your favorite films of all time. <clears throat> three of my favorite films. <clears throat> okay. Um, Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. Um, Over Madison County. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good flick. Yes. Yeah. That one was a very good one for me. Uh -huh. Everyone loved that film, but I did. Okay. 
And uh, um, what's the third one I would say? A transmorphers, obviously, but uh, other than transmorphers. Yeah, of course. Gosh, there's so <laughs> many that I love, and I want to make sure I... Uh, it's okay. We won't hold you. We won't hold you in a court of law to this. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you know, can I reserve my third one? So next time I'm on, I'll give that secret out. Sure, I, not a problem at all. <laughs> a problem at all. And Walter, where can people find you if they're interested in if if you're even taking on new clients, but if they're interested in in contacting you? Well, you know, I I don't take a lot of new clients on now, but mm-hmm. I'm certainly happy to to receive a question or engage in a conversation with someone, mm-hmm. uh, I can, I can be found at probably best by my email. It's walter.bat at gmail.com. Okay. And, uh, and I'm happy to answer questions by email. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have a, a website, la entertainmentlaw.com, uh, sorely in need of updating, <laughs> but uh, the best way would be to reach me via email. Uh, Walter, thank you, man, so much for your time. I, I really, really appreciate it. You have dropped some major knowledge bombs on the Indie Film Hustle tribe, and I think we're all better filmmakers and at least smarter and and more mitigated filmmakers than we were before. <laughs> I, I'm successful. You use the term <laughs> mitigation. <laughs> thank you, Walter. Appreciate it. My job is done. You're very <laughs> welcome, Alex. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope you guys are not freaking out too much if you've already made a movie and didn't get uh, legal advice and you're like, oh my God, do I have the contracts to be able to sell this movie? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Don't worry. You could always contact uh, an attorney and hopefully a good attorney to uh, to help you to help you out in the deliverables process of getting your movie out. But if you're uh, about to start a movie, uh, I hope this episode helped you out at least getting you started down the path of thinking about contracts, thinking about uh, you know insurance, thinking about logos and things that you might want to do in your movie uh, and making sure you're covered and making sure that you don't get sued later on down the line. And just like we said in the episode, risk uh, mitigation, uh, to try to mitigate as much risk uh, and exposure to you as the filmmaker, as the producer, uh, as the company that is creating your film. And I'll leave all of Walter's contact information on our show notes at IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash 158. And guys, if you like this episode or, or a fan of the show, please do me a big solid and head over to FilmmakingPodcast.com and leave us an honest review, hopefully a good one. <laughs> but uh, it really helps us out a lot and, and helps get the word out on what we're trying to do at Indie Film Hustle. Now, I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but I haven't been able I haven't been producing as much content as I usually have been doing is because I am neck deep in this uh doing post production on the show that I just shot for Legendary Pictures Digital um called the Space Program and I am going a little nuts. But fear not, my friends, because I am because you know how I am. I I I can't stand still. Uh, I'm always thinking about what's next. I am, I got a lot of stuff cooking uh, for Indie Film Hustle and in the future of Indie Film Hustle and what I'm going to be doing with it. How I'll be creating new resources for you guys uh, to help you on your journey. And uh, I am planning on shooting a feature film before the year's out. I do have a good idea of what that film is. And uh, believe it or not, I will not be shooting it on my 
Ursa Mini, my Blackmagic Ursa Mini, or my Blackmagic 2.5, the same camera I shot Meg with. I'm shooting with a new camera. And uh, you'll be surprised at that camera choice when uh, when I release all that information as I continue to develop it. And I get almost on a daily basis some sort of email, message, tweet about, hey, guy, hey Alex, where's Meg? When are we going to see Meg? We want to see this film you worked on last year. And uh, I've got good news. I don't have an actual release date just yet, but... I'm planning to release the film sometime in the summer on iTunes. So we're going to release on iTunes first, uh, and then hopefully we're going to see what other kind of deals we can get. Um, right now, can, uh, uh, Meg is at Cannes, at the Cannes Film Festival, selling to international buyers. Uh, and I will re- I will tell you guys all about that process as we continue to go forward. And, you'll, and people are like, how did you get an international buyer, Alex? I'm like, well, I'll let you guys know. As 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 things continue to wrap up with Meg, uh, I will let you guys know what's going on. But this summer, hopefully, I will be releasing it on iTunes so you guys will all finally get to see This Is Meg and see what kind of craziness I got into last year. So uh, there's a lot of fun stuff coming down, man. I, I, and I really, I'm just can't wait to let you guys know about what I've been cooking because I've been working on some uh, some fun stuff and hopefully it will help you guys on your journey as filmmakers as well. So as always, keep that hustle going, keep that dream alive, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Indie Film Hustle podcast at IndieFilmHustle.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-F-I-L-M-H-U-S-T-L-E.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.